portal, 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 transfer portal. It's <laughs> like all anybody is talking about this week on the Recruiting Blitz podcast powered by the UC Report. Well, guess what? We're going to continue to talk more about the transfer portal and its impact on recruiting. And uh, we have a uh, special guest rejoining us this week. Wade Rossi is back after digging out from the portal. More to come on this topic. You got 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Portal is officially open. Uh, we do have Wade back this week, but uh, barely. Barely. Yeah. Short, <laughs> small window here. Uh, and it is uh, obviously that time of year where a lot is going on. Most action on the field uh, is done as we get ready for bowl games to get started. A couple of state championships are uh, still to be played, but uh, you know, a lot going on in the world of recruiting with the early signing period getting ready to kick off on the 21st. The portal window officially opening on the 5th, just about, a, you know, depending on when you list this, just about a week now that it has been uh, open and it was active before it even officially yeah. opened. And uh, so there's a lot going on and a lot to dissect, but right now the major headline is certainly Wade, uh, the portal, which has uh, uh, consumed your life here as you, again, the UC report, a big part of that, you know, all that information can be found there. So, but you've been kind of working to help kind of uh, build that information. Yeah, of course, the portal was open before the 5th for uh, some FCS players, some players who have graduated, or players who were on staffs that had already been uh, let go or fired during the season. But the floodgates opened on the 5th, and as I'm sure you guys all saw on Twitter or wherever, uh, over a thousand players have entered since December 5th. And there were hundreds that went in, um, in you know, the couple weeks leading up to that, but more than a thousand players since December 5th. We were digging out for days. I mean, what's that Mike Tyson quote? It, I don't know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. That was basically us in the office on Monday. Uh, we kept up with all the P5s and prominent uh, G5s and you got, made up. got punched in the face and get, 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 get punched. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, pretty much all day until about midnight. And then, uh, you know, so we dug out of some of the other G5s and FCS guys. And, you know, we're caught up. We feel good about where we're at. But, boy, it was a whirlwind of activity on uh, on Monday. Yeah, I think. And, obviously, the, uh, the biggest news was uh, JT Daniels going at it again. Some people just love the portal. They're just, you know, I mean. But yeah. Obviously, quarterbacks are always the headline grabbers and quite a few interesting names. Uh, going in at the quarterback position, you obviously JT Daniels uh, again uh, taking a look at another change in scenery. But obviously, North Carolina State's Devin Leary, mm-hmm. uh, Hudson Card, yeah. you know, so, so a couple of big names. Certainly interesting to track. I think quarterbacks though have proven to kind of, uh, I guess, certainly be fool's gold. They get a lot of the headlines, but not often do they pan out. And I'm taking a I'm taking a Cal Williams out of the mix. And, you know, yeah, it's a different situation. You know, yeah, so just quarterbacks kind of looking for kind of a change of scenery doesn't always uh, doesn't always kind of work out, but there's certainly some interesting players, and at times it, it certainly has paid uh, dividends as well. So you can certainly give your, uh, you know, obviously Hudson Card is in here because Quinn Ewers yeah. entered it and went from Ohio State back to his home state of Texas. So a lot, a lot to, uh, a lot to kind of. Uh, Take in, uh, but you know, obviously, quarterbacks are always the ones that kind of first jump out and grab headlines. And so, something that kind of occurred to me as we we're going through this on Monday, um, and even in the the time leading up, with a lot of the FCS players that were entering, 
you know, we always talk about quarterback being the most position on the field. I mean, some NFL franchises have gone decades without having a guy. But I got to say, if you're a team that needs their quarterback position to go from a minus to adequate, I'm not saying Williams at USC, Heisman candidate, you got a lot of options. And it actually may be easier to fill that quarterback slot, despite, you know, uh, you know how important the position is, than some of the other positions on the field, like offensive line, defensive line. I mean, if you have a bad offensive line right now and you think you're going to fill it with portal players, you got no shot. Yeah. you got no chance. At the quarterback position, you will have some options to at least get you stable. Well, Spencer Rattler would be the perfect example of that. You know, player, high profile. Obviously, uh, flashed at Oklahoma, uh, wound up leaving, going to South Carolina. Uh, was again inconsistent, but certainly elevated that position right, for the program. Little bit, yeah. And then, you know, obviously finished, uh, kind of finished strong. But he was a, a situation. Obviously, you look at programs like, all right, like what's Florida? Anthony Richardson went to the portal. Yeah. Uh, they had to make some other changes to their quarterback room. Or declare. Richardson, did he declare? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. What I say? Go yes, on. Yeah. I keep, yeah. You know, like I'm saying not, portal so much now, declared for the NFL. Not going to be on the roster. Right. Uh, so, and they have some talent there, and obviously flipping Jaden Rashada was huge for Miami, but it'd be interesting to see, I would imagine, if that they're going to add, try to add some QB experience kind of to that room. So, it may not necessarily be a guy that you bring in uh, to be their heir apparent, but can certainly be a guy to help strengthen your quarterback room and battle in an offseason. Yeah, sure. I mean, there'll be other programs that are in a situation like Florida, and like we said, they will have some options. I, you know, I want to go back to the, the offensive and defensive lines. One of the FCS guys, uh, Johnny Cornelius out of uh, Rhode Island, came in the portal before December 5th and it was generating a ton of buzz. He had a lot of schools interested in him. Coastal Carolina, just undergoing that coaching change there. Uh, they've got an offensive lineman, Will Lampkin, who's made, I believe, 37 starts. I think he's barely six feet tall, but he was a freshman All-American. He's been all-conference, back-to-back years. This guy is gonna be highly coveted despite the measurable deficiencies. One of his teammates, Josiah Stewart, has 25 and a half tackles for a loss and 16 sacks. I mean, off the top of my head, he might be one of the only guys in the portal who has double-digit career sack numbers. And right off the bat, I believe USC was in with an offer from him. So, you know, if you have needs at offensive and defensive line, these programs are not going to care where these guys are coming from. If they've been productive, if they have starting experience, I mean, everyone needs depth at a minimum across these two lines. Those guys, at least to me, even more so than the quarterbacks, maybe the NIL money wouldn't reflect it, but they seem to be the most coveted types of players that are in the portal right now. Those that, probably with the exception of quarterback, those that are premium in recruiting often still remain a premium in yeah, the portal. It's, There's a reason it's like why. a problem that you have recruiting high school kids and it's the same kind of environment in the portal. Totally agree. Yeah, and, you know, I think you know, even though there has been some you know, obviously uh, a J.Q. Hardaway, uh, who uh, Cincinnati, who was an Under Armour All-American. Uh, obviously, the coaching change there has kind of put him out into the portal. So there's a corner. Obviously, uh, Hardaway is an example of a, a young corner. He's exciting because he's still got a lot of football ahead of him. But again, that you know, that pool of cornerback talent you know, is not kind of the same that it is at wide receiver or even at quarterback. Yeah, and some of the names at, you know, receiver or running back might not be known to, you know, people who are watching the SEC game of the week or, you know, whoever's on at noon on Fox, but there are a ton of guys from the G5 level who have career 1,000-yard seasons under their belt, FCS guys with, you know, one, two, three thousand career yards at the receiver position. So no shortage of options at uh, those two positions. And I wanted to go back to one thing um, you said about Hardaway in that, 
people think about the portal as a fill an immediate hole kind of you know college football's answer to free agency and professional sports a little bit. But at those tougher to find positions, I think what you're more likely to find, and I think some of these players will generate some more attention, are the guys uh, like Hardaway who are young. Maybe they didn't start or play a ton as freshmen, but they're still really talented, essentially high school prospects that have three, four, five years of, uh, you know, well, five, who knows, with uh, our extra COVID years, but we have multiple years of eligibility left. And they're not necessarily plug and play guys. They're more acquire and develop guys as if you would a regular high school prospect. Yeah, you know, but the guys like Hardaway and like Deshaun McCullough, you know, I think to me those are the most appealing because oh sure, they got a little experience. They were talented to begin with, begin with, yep. and they still have a lot of football ahead of them. To me, that's those are more so than the one and done. Those are the home runs to me, kind yeah. of the guys that are, are are in the portal. But again, you know, it's so interesting just because I talked about it last week. I, I stand by it. Uh, you know, Georgia. You look at the four playoff teams, Georgia. Michigan, TCU, Ohio State, uh, zero to moderate uh, additions. Yeah. They've got some guys going out, but when you recruit at a high level, usually those things kind of wind up taking care of themselves. But sure. in terms of bringing players in to have an impact too, so I think in the big picture, it's still, I, you're, you're going to have a hard, as, as excited as everybody gets about the portal, you're going to have a hard time uh, ever uh, convincing me that recruiting players out of high school and building a culture and a program that way is a way to go and that if you're if you're splitting your signing classes between high school and portal or you're doing most of your work through the portal outside of a coach in a mid-year taking moderate moderate success at best i yeah I'm, I'm in total agreement and there can be quick fixes but the sustainability of that is really tough i think one thing um to look at too in terms of you know you mentioned some of those premier programs losing guys in the portal one that surprised me a little bit is that for years clemson's strength was their ability to uh, identify high school players sign them and retain them through graduation or an nfl draft spot uh, they signed way less players, uh, you know, on a percentage basis than most of the other teams that have been in the college football playoff. But uh, some of the cracks are showing a little bit. Clemson players are in the portal, which, you know, wasn't as much of a thing in past years. So I do think that there are some narratives that you can you can pull out of the portal in terms of, you know, maybe a health of a program or whatnot. But more so on the concerning side than the positive side, I would say, and agree with, uh, you know, with your with your stance there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the other thing we were talking about, too, is what is, you know, again, so much made about it. You look at Twitter, people tweet it, so-and-so in the portal, so-and-so in the portal. Okay, what is, outside of the sugar high of this name is in a portal, you know, what what happens later when a lot of these guys don't go anywhere? You and I were talking, like, you see varying numbers on the level of success of players who enter the portal and they land someplace else, but what is finding a new home? Is finding a new home going from one Power 5 to another or going from Power 5 to a G5 or a G5 to a Power 5? Or is it going from FBS to FCS? Or is it going FBS to Division 2 or FCS down? Yeah. Excuse me. I think that there's so, you know, it'd be interesting to see how, you know, get going in does not guarantee going out. And going out does not guarantee bettering your situation. Sure. You know, yeah. Again, uh, what USC did in offense, those guys were, you know, 
those guys were different in terms of William. Uh, of course, yeah. You know, Mario. So it's not everybody has that situation. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, where where everything lands. Yeah, I mean, I think that the number that gets thrown around a lot is that forty percent of players who enter the portal end up finding a new home, and uh, that's kind of the number that I had in my head for a long time. Uh, Max Olson of uh, the Athletic, I believe. Now we used to work with him way back in the day uh, at ESPN. He's one of the best in the business. I think he tweeted out a number that um, it was closer to eighty percent, which you know piqued my interest a little bit, a lot because of who it came from. You know, Max really, really good. And so you know, I started doing some digging, and we don't have the exact numbers. And because of what we do at ESPN in the UC report, you know, we're obviously much more concerned with. Division one level transfers, so we're not really following those D two and D three guys. But from what I can gather, about fifty five to sixty percent of Division one players that enter the portal find a home and or withdraw. Yeah. And again, both like you said, what does that entail? That that number does include players who have secured walk on or non scholarship spots at other schools if they enroll at that school. But is that really a successful trip through the portal where you've bettered your situation? Maybe for some kids, but yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of a thing that's up for debate. Like, what really is that number? Yeah, no, I mean, it's one of those, uh, you know, you can almost kind of like if a tree falls in the forest and no one's here. Like, what <laughs> what, right. what is, you know, success from the bigger picture may be like, well, did you go from scholarship to scholarship? Well, yeah, I mean, get a scholarship? but for a player too, maybe just changing schools and taking a step back in terms of level or something like that, but maybe a better fit for them in terms of just the bigger picture in terms of their success that, you know, so, you know, what we view as success may not be what necessarily an individual player views as success, which just goes to everybody's situation different, but in the bigger picture, again, it's, it's, I think there's a lot made about the going in and, and sign that sometimes people forget about the, the what's, you know, what happens on the other end. Yeah, I mean, let's keep in mind, even in the NIL era, these are student athletes. They are not employees. And, you know, I personally believe that they should have the ability to move freely, uh, maybe not 100% freely all the time or multiple times, but they absolutely should have the opportunity to move freely like other students would. Um, but for me, the number that I'd be most interested in, because I think this is the most important part of college athletics in general, especially college football, for those who are not in the top 10% that are going to be trying to pursue NFL careers is, having your education paid for. So for me, you know, I would, I'd love to see the exact number of scholarship guys, you know, to another scholarship situation, or even, you know, some of the walk-ons who do get scholarship opportunities somewhere else. To me, that would be, like, that's a number that I would really hang my hat on in terms of success. Yeah, I think what's also gonna be interesting to see too is <clears throat> with the 21st starting that window for the early signing period for high school prospects, yeah. it's also the start of a longer signing period for junior college players yeah and i think that while we're seeing the portal you know have a little bit of an impact on high school prospects i think it's really taking a big hit on junior college prospects uh it'll be interesting to see what type of movement there is in that window obviously some programs are still adding some players but it's not that at all yeah we um in looking at this um over the last couple of years, it has become apparent. Sure, there may be a few fewer opportunities for high school players to sign letters of intent um, due to the transfer portal, but it has absolutely decimated the number of junior college players that make their way to um, FBS programs. And, you know, I, I don't think that's a great thing. I think that the junior college path, like the portal, is not an area where you wanna be living in for 15, 20 commitments a year. But I always thought that the junior college path was great because, you know, of course, A, 
they used to be the only uh, older ready to go guys that wouldn't have to sit out a year. But I mean, it's a really nice path for kids who may not be able to get it together for whatever reason in high school. They can go two years to a junior college and be qual you know qualified to play FBS football. But man, the number of junior college signings has absolutely plummeted to the point where I mean, honestly, it's barely even a part of FBS recruiting yeah. at this point. And it was a it was a significant portion uh, in the past. Was it as someone who played and coached junior college yeah. football? I have a yeah. I have a you know a love for it. But yeah, it's it's. There is no doubt that of everything that is ter certainly a different landscape. Like we used to, we used to come out with the JC fifty. You know, now it's like right <laughs> there, fifty JC guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it, I'm interested to see kind of what the uh, obviously schools like the Mississippi schools, just because they have a junior college yep. network within their state, Kansas, Kansas State, some of the tech, because there's already those. Those already those junior college networks within their sure. states, but yeah, no, that is that is certainly changed. But it's uh, it has been an absolute. Uh, uh, we were kind of waiting for this date, talking about the fifth and the opening of the portal window. It was already kind of getting crazy before that, and then that day came. And, and is it the first year of the window? I'll be interesting to see as we get because there'll be another one in the spring. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see what that is like coming out of spring ball and everything but uh, you know the first time so we kind of is this an indicator of what is to come in the future will there be changes but I think the biggest thing going forward too and <clears throat> excuse me we we're trying to touch on it is there's got to be some type of at some point some education on almost like when a player players who want to enter the NFL draft can seek yeah counsel sure about where they may land to try to make an informed decision I think that going. I think there needs to be more talk and more concrete numbers on if you go in, this is likely what can happen. Uh, so as this continues to grow and becomes more of the uh, just fabric of recruiting, though, I think certainly players need to understand and see that this may not always lead to better results. Yeah, I mean, I'd be totally in favor of something like that. It would be a lot of work on uh, someone's uh, behalf. Yeah. I don't want to necessarily be responsible for that. But, uh, yeah, no, I think that would be a great idea. And, you know, you are saying this is the first year of that. And, again, it wasn't a hard window, but the floodgates really opening up on the 5th. And at first, in my head, I'm saying, yeah, sure, this makes total sense. You don't just want to have, you know, open season for the whole year, rosters in flux, you know, whatever. But... Now, after seeing all the activity on the 5th, and I want to ask you this, Craig, specifically, as you know, someone who's you know, been in those rooms and trying to make evaluations and trying to set boards, we know the headline guys enter the portal, and a lot of times they have a pretty good idea of where they want to go. But let's say you're a school who said, you know, we need to get some receivers in the transfer portal this year. And you just have like 270 dumped on your head on one day. How does the staff even begin to start digging out of that stuff? Yeah, no. I, I mean, mean, that's a that's a heavy lift right it there. It is, it is, and it's just like we try to <clears throat> pre-prepare. They try to pre-prepare. Sure, yeah. And it, it's, but it's not, you know, it's not easily done, and you know, there's always a lot of back channels from coaches say, hey, so and so may want to go into the portal, right. stuff like that. So you try to do your homework ahead of time, but it's, it is creating to um, the workload and the stress of personnel departments. That is, all you know. You talk to a lot of people in the personnel departments, and I remember one thing coming out of a off-season seminar was just the fear of burnout. Because you're right; I mean, yeah. there's already a lot on the plate within a normal recruiting calendar. Period. There's just so much going on. And right then now. you yeah. add you add that 
type of high volume change to a scenario. It's as much, <clears throat> I think what we experience is what a lot of people experience. As much as you try to prepare, if this is what it's gonna be like, you, you're not gonna be prepared, so you're right. So you're trying to really quickly, uh, you're trying to really quickly assess things because it can move really quickly. So it's, and when you do that, what's likely to happen? Mistakes. Yeah, fun. I mean, we talked about it with the, the general recruiting calendar being accelerated for high school players. You know, of course, college staffs would prefer to have as much time, as many evaluation points, um, as many years of film and production and growth uh, to evaluate. And this is just, yeah, they have that resume. But I mean, man, it really is compressing, you know, compressing the uh, the decision time into a, in a sh really short window here. I wonder if, you know, of course, players entering the portal midseason is an awkward situation for players, for coaches, you know, everything. But I do wonder if some of the guys who maybe don't have quite the production but are good players, uh, if this lessens their opportunities because of the shrinking of that evaluation window. If a handful of receivers are popping in the portal every week for you know weeks leading up, then you've got less to go through if you're a staff and you know you're going to be looking for a portal receiver. I do wonder if some guys might get lost in the shuffle a little bit, just because of you know the sheer mass of bodies that are yeah. in the transfer portal. And a lot of time that thread goes to this guy goes in a portal, he lands up at another school. He was recruited by that school. Yeah, he didn't pick mm -hmm. them or. Sure. They didn't make a move at the time, but they're familiar with him. So you're right to your point. It's like your your chances are better where you may have already kind of had connections or been recruited by in the past, and now there's kind of a second time around where it's probably much more difficult where to land somewhere if you were a backup and don't have a uh, a lot of film or stat lines and to try to get on somebody's radar if you weren't initially on their radar at some point beforehand. Yeah, I mean, that's what I find so fascinating about some of these really good FCS players. Of course, the guys who are highly decorated, you know, all-American types, um, you know, everybody knows about them. But none of those guys were recruited by the Power 5 schools. So, you know, that's not like a situation where a defensive back from one Big Ten school who was offered by 10 Big Ten schools enters the portal and everybody's kind of familiar with them. I mean, those guys, you know, their film speaks for itself, but there is a lot of homework to be done on them by staffs that... Um, certainly through the recruiting process, we're not really familiar with a lot of those guys. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously difficult to kind of make that jump up, even if uh, even if you had success. Like, I'd be curious to see, you had told me that, uh, you know, maybe one of, uh, one of the, not one, maybe, one of the most explosive offenses in all of the FCS this past year was Fordham. Yep. Uh, who had one of the, uh, uh, not since Jerry Rice drove the fields at Mississippi Valley State, <laughs> had an offense been as explosive. So to that point, I'd be interested to see, you said Takese Carter had went in. Yeah, he's, I think he's got over 3,000 career yards, yeah, obviously tons of catches, tons of production, tons for, of experience. Yeah, for Tim DeMorat, who's a quarterback there who could potentially be a, a draft mm -hmm. draft quarterback or more likely an undrafted free agent if not. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see with a guy like that who, who's a big, who's a, a good-sized target, had great success in an explosive offense. So those are some of the guys you're like, all right, had a lot of success at FCS, maybe at that position you can help. So I, I'd be an interesting guy that's kind of like a, you know, for lack of a better term, test subject to see, yeah. you know, kind of where they landed and then how they do. Yeah, of course. And I mean, again, um, 
as we were referring to with the offensive and defensive lines, uh, in some of those cases, whether they do great or not, just bodies yeah. are needed. Experienced bodies who can show up, go to practice, dress for Sunday, are needed along the offensive and defensive line. So that'll be you know part of the puzzle pieces uh, being put together for some of those rosters that are a little thin in those tough spots. Yeah, so the good news is if you were a high profile or really talented high school defensive lineman, offensive lineman, there's a, there's still, you're likely still being in good demand. Yeah, I mean, that's actually a storyline I hadn't really thought of is, um, you know, a lot of people had kind of hinted that um, if you were an uncommitted high school prospect, you might want to get your commitment in uh, before December 5th. And we did see a flurry of some pretty notable ones, but that could be on a position basis. Yeah. Because if someone has a wide receiver need, I mean, they're likely they can fill it through the portal, but defensive, you know, edge rushers, tackles, maybe not. Well, to that point, it'd be interesting to see too, as we continue to put this together, here for uh, release in the next week or so is that's actually good news because even going back to the JUCO discussion, it was mainly O linemen, D linemen, cornerbacks were yeah. always yeah that's yeah, that's a great led point. the rankings mm-hmm. and were the most sought after. And as as I'm thinking now, kind of getting ready for the early signing period, a lot of the junior college guys who are still committing are linemen. So that there will. While we're kind of, uh, while there's certainly a, a demise or a, a reduction of the junior college role, I think for linemen is still, because again, they're so tough to find, they're so coveted to get a guy who not, who had to go that route uh, and get a little bit of experience too. I still think you'll see coveted linemen. I wouldn't be surprised, if, you know, as we put together the rankings, if it's pretty heavy at the top between O line and D line. Was in the past. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Less players, but still the same types of players being produced, coming out, being coveted by uh, the Power Five programs. You know, I mean, we uh, talked about the workload, the sheer number of guys, some of the concerns, some of the opportunities for players and teams. Um, but at the end of the day, it still has that direct appeal to fans because you. For the top guys, you don't need to wait long to see them produce. And so no matter what we say about, you know, you don't want to rely on this to build your program, it's not all success stories across the board for players and teams. You know, the average fan, they find out that someone's transferring to their school in December and less than a calendar year later, might be the best player on their offense or defense. Yeah, yeah so uh, the portal dominating discussion again. Oh boy. Yeah, and there's uh, and obviously nothing. Still recruiting, obviously. Uh, Ruben Edwins just the other day mm-hmm. grabbed headlines uh, committing to Texas A&M. We are seeing that's now his third commitment yeah. from Texas to Louisville uh, to A&M. Uh, but there's been others, some other notable commitments as well. Calvin Clements, who at one point, a three-star offensive lineman, was committed to Baylor. Big win for uh, Kansas mm-hmm. there, ultimately keeping him in state. Uh, Notre Dame adding a really talented athlete. Uh, you know, could be a quarterback likely to project uh, someplace else, but a guy who brings a lot of versatility to roster and Brandon Hillman. Uh, so there's been, and obviously, uh, for deeper discussion, we hope to have a guest here in the pretty, uh, pretty not too distant future uh, from that program. But is uh, obviously Deion Sanders yeah. in the Colorado oh, job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, we'll hope to dig into that a little bit more in the future. Like I said, with a guest. So. Uh, uh, stay tuned. A little that's what we call in the business of tease. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're speaking of that staff. Um, you want to talk about a staff that had overwhelmed with players who are interested in potentially joining that program. Hundreds of players, high school and portal players, reaching out to oh, yeah. uh, Colorado. So 
Uh, quite a bit of tape to watch for that uh, new, new Buffalo staff there. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they, uh, you want to, <clears throat> I don't know if there's ever been maybe a roster and a class that has gone through a more radical change because there has been a uh, series of decommitments, I think probably seven or eights. And so yeah. uh, they are coming in and shaking things up. And listen, uh, great success at Jackson State. And brought him in to shake things up and to raise their profile and he has done that so but again that's uh it's that time of year there's a lot going on it's hard to not discuss the portal um you know plenty more to come with we'll recap we'll recap the early signing period coming up a little bit uh high school geico high school bowl series uh a week uh a week from this saturday uh the under Armour all america game we'll have some uh, special shows from down there so there's a lot to come uh, still, so stay tuned. Um, but and then, like I said, we'll dig a little bit too, deeper into uh, into the uh, the new situation, new coaching staff. Dion moving to Colorado is obviously that is uh, uh, certainly to watch. Exciting, uh, big news in the world of college football. Yeah. So, plenty more to come. A little bit of update. A little bit more of a philosophical discussion <laughs> on the portal as it consumes so many uh, so many people's lives at this time of year. But a lot of great stuff still to come. As always, uh, plenty of great episodes. I think what Danny, uh, this is episode 12? 12. This is episode, uh, we got a full dozen uh, here. Go back, a lot of great interviews as we get closer to the early signing period. Malachi Nelson, uh, Malachi Nelson on. Uh, had some great guests. So go back and find anywhere you find uh, podcasts, uh, some past episodes, and a lot of great stuff to come over the next month and into the year as we get into camp season and a whole bunch of uh, fresh new uh, prospects to talk about. Thank you.